Live from the streets of Agrabah, welcome to Disney Versus, where there's a lot of gray area in Make Me a Prince. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori, and today we are talking about Disney's new live-action remake of Aladdin. There's no Grace or Heather today, but I'm not flying solo. It's a boy's day. With me, I have uh, the Aladdin fanboy extraordinaire and our very own Diamond in the Rough, Tim Powell. What's up, my dude? Hey, man. How's it going? Or am I your Abu for today? Oh, let's go with that. He is my Abu <laughs> for the day. Oh. Haven't had oh, you man. on the show since, what, our Disney Avengers episode? Yeah, like the, the whole Marvel Adventures stuff, man. That was... That was a year ago. Yeah, it was last year. I think oh, we did it right before yeah, Infinity man. War. I think we did it the week Infinity War came out, and we all lost it our was, collective minds. Well, no, we recorded it before my half marathon, because I, uh, I was plugging all that stuff. That's right. And you were hashtag run, Timmy, run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you a t-shirt that has that on there. Hey, I've been waiting. Like my accidental nine miles yesterday. Oh, man. I didn't mean to run. <laughs> You fit people. Uh, not as fit anymore. You're still fitter than me. Oh yeah. So uh, today we are going to discuss uh, the new Aladdin movie that dis- that just came out. We're recording this on Monday, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to all of y'alls. And thank you for all your services. Word. And those and those are sacrificed. Came out uh, this past Friday. Uh, movies directed by Guy Ritchie, who also directed Lock, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, as well as the uh, live act, the new Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, movie stars Mana Masood as Aladdin, Will Smith as the Genie, Naomi Scott as Jasmine, Marwin Kinzari as Jafar. We have Nassim Padrad as Dahlia, Navid Negabon as the Sultan. Alan Tudyk as the voice of Iago, and Frank Welker reprising his role as Abu, Raja, and the Cave of Wonders. So glad Frank Welker came back. Yeah, I'm glad for that too. Kind of upset that I missed the chance to get his autograph, what, last month at Dallas Fan Expo? But I was like, uh, that's $40. Sorry, $60. (sighs) Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. It'll be worth it. Yeah. The score was done by uh, Alan Menken, featuring songs by Alan Menken, Howard Ashman, and Tim Rice. The team of Pasek and Paul wrote new lyrics for some of those songs, and they also wrote the song Speechless, which, oh my gosh, that song is a banger. Man, I was speechless for that song. That song was great. Huh? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Naomi Scott can sing. I didn't know she could sing. I know she was. I didn't either. I know she was a a Power Ranger uh, in the what the twenty sixteen movie, twenty seventeen movie, yeah. and then she was in The Martian, which it was in the extended edition, which I now have to get. But I did not know she could sing. Man, she had a voice. Man, those pipes. Whew. Yeah. That was wonderful. Probably one of my highlights of the whole movie was uh was her little aria there. I mean, it was. Yeah, man, I agree. Man, it sent chills up and down me, man. That was good. I was just surprised. I was like, oh, she's she's singing, singing. Okay. All right, dude. Get it, girl. <laughs> uh, let's get into box office. I have the three-day box office gross for its opening weekend. I mean, I'm, 
technically today would count because it's Memorial Day. It's the holiday weekend. But for the first three-day box office, I have uh, $86.1 million domestically, leading to uh, $207.1 million global, which, from what I'm reading, way outperformed what they were thinking. Wow. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear that. I, I knew about the... I, I saw the domestic. I didn't see anything about the global. Yeah. I did not think it would make that much globally. Wow. And looking at those are the numbers that I pulled last night, and looking at it right now on Box Office Mojo, it's actually a uh, hundred and twelve point seven million domestic, uh, leading to uh, two hundred and thirty three point seven million worldwide. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's I guess it's a it's made its you know budget back. I mean, I guess it has it has to double, I guess, to break even. I don't know. I forget how yeah. numbers and stuff work, but it's on a production budget of one hundred eighty three million. So, wow. Well, kudos to them. I, not a lot of people were expecting even that much. Yeah. Jeez. I, mean, I, I was in please be good mode. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, kudos to Disney. That's if, the, the power of the brand. Yeah. If anybody was going to get it done, Disney was going to get it done. Yeah. As far as ratings go, they're sitting at a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. They have a A cinema score. And then they have 54 out of 100 from Metacritic. So it sounds like critics are, aren't are high on it, but everybody else is. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of the critic reviews. And honestly, some of them that I've seen have been a little bit more positive than I expected it to be. Yeah. You know, and I, I know we'll go into this, but they, the, this movie coming out has so much hesitation about it because of the role of the genie alone is so iconic, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I've been vocal about that. Um, but no, I don't think anybody ever expected it to, to be this. It's not really divisive. It's, it was more pleasant than people expected it to be, I think. Yeah. And, so I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it got the rec- recognition that it does deserve, mm-hmm. and people took this time to go out and see it and everything. So again, kudos to Aladdin, Disney, making the money. Yeah, man. Speaking of uh, people going out and see it, I got kind of nervous because I just on a whim I was gonna go see it this weekend but thursday night i had time and i was like you know what let me go ahead and get it out of the way and see this movie so i went to a uh, a 1040 screening xd at cinemark which it was pretty enjoyable it was like me like i was the first person to sit down and i was there by myself for a while and then a couple of families showed up uh with kids it was like 11 o'clock at night i'm like why are you bringing kids (laughs) But yeah, like some people showed up and I was like, oh no, I, is, is this gonna, you know, is nobody going to go see this? But then I remember, oh, it's 10 o'clock. People probably uh, went and saw it, you know, that next morning because school just got out here in Texas. So kids are like out for the summer. Parents are about to go away on summer vacation. So they're probably like, hey, let's go see a movie or something now that we have the time and then yeah. do summer, actual summer stuff. So I mean, looking at those box office numbers, it's, it you know it's got me kind of hopeful for it. We're gonna keep it kind of spoiler free right now. I mean, 
I don't know how we can how we can spoil any more a movie that's you know twenty seven year a concept and plot that's twenty seven years old. But uh, without getting into spoilers, Tim, what were your first impressions of the movie? My my first impressions. It took me a while to settle into it, and I, I mean that in a way that the beginning of it for me felt really rushed and I guess I can say the word jagged. Okay. And and. And I think it's because no matter what I did, I tried to go in with a clear mind. But Aladdin for me is, I, that was my first ever movie going experience. And I used to, even in high school, I would go to sleep at night with my TV on with that movie on. And I had a VCR TV combo and it would just run, rewind, and then play again. And I'd always wake up at the same part every morning. <laughs> um, it was the weirdest thing, but... I love this movie so much. It, it it was my first introduction to Robin Williams, and you know, and he was part so much of my childhood. And so going to this movie, knowing it was so, so iconic, the very beginning of it worked for me. I loved the very beginning of it, but then when it transferred into the city, then that's when I was. It, it just kind of was jarred. It, it didn't. It didn't have that flow to me like the animated did. Animation did. Yeah. And it just kind of took me back a bit. Uh, it, it just took me so long to get into it. Once the genie was brought into the into the film, it started to settle down. It, it started to have a better flow through it. And from there to the end, I really loved it. I, I really started to fall into it. Uh, there were a couple moments where I'm like, oh! But then it resolved itself <laughs> in a different way. And I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but overall, I, I I really did enjoy it. It'll it'll never be over the animation. The animation for me is just will always be top notch uh, because it told so much story in a, such a shorter amount of time, and it was it had a night. It always it it just had a better flow. Uh, overall, I liked the music better in the animation version, and not saying that. I didn't like the music in the in the live action version, but the music just wasn't what I was hoping it to be. If I want to compare, compare other live action film adaptations, uh, like Beauty and the Beast, I love the music in that. It felt yeah. really, it felt really traditional with the original. Yeah. Compared to this one, didn't feel as traditional. Uh, it felt way too modern for a time that it was trying to talk about. Yeah. So it just didn't. It didn't settle with me but overall i enjoyed it it was it was a fine movie and i i saw another movie this weekend and i'm still thinking more about aladdin than i am about the other movie okay not saying that the other movie was terrible but you know uh it did win my weekend of movies i agree with a lot of what you said let's i mean talking about the genie you should listeners should see our group chat between you me and heather went like before i think it was around when the first trailer and when we first got a glimpse of will smith as the genie like we were yeah. fighting like you and me were arguing about it it was a, it was, yeah. I was you were like it's not it's not robin williams and i'm like i know it's not robin williams and it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay you're like no no and it's like it's gonna be okay trust me please be okay trust me it's gonna be okay <laughs> Well, and, I, and that's what you did too, and I, I'll say it here publicly. I, because Genie is so iconic, it, it's so hard. Not anything against Will Smith. I, 
I've been a big Will Smith fan my, all my life from Fresh Cuts Prince of Bel Air, even that weird Wild Wild West movie. Hey, don't you talk um, about Wild Wild West? It's still, trash, but it's it's a gem. <laughs> <laughs> the Men in Black movies, all uh, Bad Boys One and Two. I'm, you name it, I've seen it of Will Smith, and I, I, he's a great actor. And quite honestly, he proved it once more in this film. He never tried to imitate Robin Williams. He made it his own, and by the end, dude, I was I had tears, man. Oh man, I, that that ending, I was like, yeah, all right. That was a good Thank ending. you, Will. Thank you. As far as the music goes, I like I still like the animated version score better, but I do like the additions that this uh, film made, mostly the uh, the Arabian drums, like the Middle Eastern style drums yeah. that they added. It was a nice touch. I went into this movie like it's going to be good, but that was me like, please be good. How good is this actually going to be? Am I going to be an apologist for this movie? But I'm like, yo, this movie was dope. Uh, there's yeah, some problems, I... and we'll get into those problems in a bit. Mena Masood as Aladdin, he was so charming. Um, and you know, for his first big movie, he did a really great job. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really pleased, and he captured the spirit, the, that character of what, what I connected to in the original I and yeah I was I was man kudos to him man he give him more roles yeah I want to see him in more things now like that's what I was saying after uh after I saw Naomi Scott in Power Rangers and I was like oh, okay she's good put her in more things and then she got this and yeah like Naomi Scott if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter she is Bay now she is she yeah. is numero uno but yeah, she was great. Uh, Will Smith. I am a Will Smith stan, and I hate using that word. But I am I am a from-the-womb Will Smith fan. Uh, he smashed this for me. He, he killed it. I love it. I enjoyed Nassim Pedrad as uh, Jasmine's uh, handmaiden, Dahlia. She was a surprise. Uh, Iago, I mean, sorry, Alan Tudyk as Iago... And Frank Welker as uh, Abu Raja and the Cable Wonders were great. Biggest issue is with Jafar, and we'll get into it in a minute. I feel like the Sultan was a bit more, uh, not threatening, but had a more dominating presence than Jafar did. But I think it might go to Jafar's... I mean, I've read some things like that. They were going for something different with Jafar whether it achieved that I mean whether people respond to that is another thing but again I think it's the the impact that Jafar had in the original like Jafar was yeah. Jafar is I think everybody's top five favorite Disney villains if, if yeah. not top three he's so menacing in the in the animated version that I mean he's dare I say Lord Vader and the Disney animation verse I could go with that He's just got that, and it's not just his uh, schemes. It's how he talks. It's just so. Uh, first, bring me the lamp, you know, and, and it's just you feel that menacing. Yeah, he's a threat. When we, but when we get into the spoiler part of it, I'll give you my reasons why I feel like part of it didn't work too. 
All right. So uh, before we get into spoilers, what kind of grade would you give it? A letter grade. What kind of letter grade would you give it? I think I'm, I'm, I'm hovering around maybe a B, B minus. Okay. Uh, I, at first, after taking a couple of days really thinking about it, my first initial was C plus, but I was like, no, it doesn't deserve that low. Just because, I mean, there are some things that I didn't like about it. Overall, I still felt good coming out of that film. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a B, B minus is around my letter grade. Okay. I think I'll go probably B plus. I was thinking A minus, but I'm like, eh. I'm not that wowed by it. But I think if, I think a, a, it sits at a good B plus for me. It, like, I would watch yeah. it again. Will I watch it again in theaters? Probably not. But I probably watch this again over Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. I don't think I've seen the live action Beauty and the Beast since I saw it in theaters and since we did our review. Yeah, I, that's, I haven't seen it since theaters. And I think I enjoyed that movie more than you and Heather both did. I didn't like all the extra stuff that they had in that movie. Yeah. It, just, it felt forced, mm-hmm. you know? I would rewatch this one, not in theaters, but when it comes on the Disney Plus service. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a, hey, it's a, you know, day to clean the house, put on, you know, Aladdin, or, I mean, have a double feature with Aladdin, the live action, and the animated. It's a good, I mean, it's a good double feature movie that you could do. Yeah. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and drop a spoiler warning. Uh, spoilers from here on out. Uh, I know these plots are very similar but there's some stuff in the movie that... Actually, there's one thing in the movie that uh, might be a spoiler. Uh, I mean, I, I'll spoil it on to, right after this. But uh, spoilers from here on out. Listen, to, Go watch it, come back, listen to this. I think the only thing that it, there is to spoil is that at the beginning of the movie, Jeannie is... Will Smith is talking to some children who he's telling this story to. And... Uh, Go go to the. I mean, obviously it's Will Smith, and then you yeah. get to the end of the movie, and it turns out that it's actually the freed genie talking to the kids of him and Dahlia, Jasmine's handmaiden, and I think that was a interesting touch. I don't like the way they revealed it because it was like we'll have you know two kids in a boat, and then it flashes to them on the boat, and I'm like, oh, got it. I kind of figured that out when Dahlia, when they were at the party, and Dahlia was trying to get Jasmine to get to uh, Aladdin because she found the genie attractive. Yeah. And I was like, that hair just looks so familiar. And then it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, that's the beginning. So this is going to go back. And I caught on to that pretty quick. Um, But it's still, for me, though, even though I knew it, it was still touching at the end when they revealed it yeah you know and yeah you know because i i was happy that they took that route with the genie with this genie Mm -hmm. and they gave him that chance to have a life instead of in the sequel in the animation verse he's still around he's done his traveling but he comes back around he's still got his magic and Mm -hmm. all that but i did like that they gave him that that chance to be free and to live a life i guess i can drop this joke now i was thinking about it the other day I liked this movie, but if Disney really wanted to impress me, and they left it open for this, you can do a sequel. You can do Return of Jafar because he still ends up in the lamp back in the Cave of Wonders. You could do the sequel, and if you wanted to do it just like they did with the animated version, you recast 
the genie with another black star. I was thinking Jamie Foxx or Kevin Hart. Someone who's uh, who's who's talented. (laughs) And then they do the third one, and then you bring back Will Smith as the genie. (laughs) Make it Kevin Hart. Oh my god, I can see it. I don't want to hear Kevin Hart sing, though. I think Jamie Foxx would be a better singer. Yeah, I agree. But Kevin Hart, I I think Kevin Hart has more of that, uh, that charisma that you would want, that high-energy, like, you know, like, well, Robin Williams had that high-energy that, charisma. That manic song. energy? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think people would accept Jamie Foxx more because Jamie Foxx tends to be lauded as a better actor. I mean, the man's got a damn Oscar, for God's sake. Yeah, it's true. I need to rewatch Bray. I haven't seen that in a while. Same. So uh, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning, though. As much as I love the beginning of the animation, with that riff that the genie is doing at the beginning as the merchant, mm-hmm. um, which will always be—I mean, it's just classic Robin just going in and improving, just shooting off the top of his head. Yeah. But I love the version they did in this on how they started. When I saw when I saw the ships, I was like, "Wait a minute, what are they doing?" And then he started. You know, going into the tale, I'm like, I, I dig it. I really like this this the start of the story. Yeah, I, I I agree. It kind of fits because I mean, this started as a as a fairy tale. You know, it's a tale that it was told to an Arabian prince, like the Thousand and One Arabian Nights, and that was a nice touch. But the thing that I'm I'm stuck on is like how they just kind of made the something that took away from Jafar's sinisterness was that opening in the animated version and they just kind of included it here yeah at the beginning as part of the it was part of the song basically because if you listen to the the soundtrack it's part of that track and it's just okay some jafar i mean if you had never seen the first one it's like oh what is jafar doing like what is this cave of wonders thing the the opening in the animated version pretty much explains what the cave of wonders is well and it sets that tone for me that was better that was a better opening. Why not just go back into that? And yeah. I mean, the way they opened this film with the shot of the city and going through and seeing where the characters were, and then you see the Cave of Wonders after that, after you see where the Sultan and the princess is, and and then it just kind of goes back around. It, it just, that was, that's kind of where I mean, what I mean when I say it felt jagged. It didn't feel like a, like a smooth transi- transition into the movie. Um, the music was fine, but when they started off, how they amalgamated Aladdin and Jasmine meeting, and then that's how he did his first thief run. Yeah. The, like what the animation had. Yeah. It just didn't develop that character, the characteristics that I needed in those, well, the, the character bonding that I needed from those. I needed to know those characters before they know e- knew each other. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It that opening, it kind of it kind of fumbles the tone of the movie because this is this is a playful movie. It's it's very, you know, tongue in cheek. It's very playful. Um, yeah. and I applaud them kind of for going for not going directly with what was um, the established opening. Like they did something they did something different. I applaud that. But yeah. I don't think it worked. That's just me. I don't think it worked. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't. I don't feel like it worked. I understand what they were doing, but it never. It never felt that that type of flow. This is also where I have a little bit of a problem with the music. Mina Masad, as far as I know, is not a uh, a singer. 
and you could tell that with what he was trying to do, mm-hmm. it felt, it never felt, his, his lyrics never felt flowing. Yeah, it, um, it felt like he wasn't singing, it felt like he was, like, talking in motion, you know? Yeah. He was and talk singing. The, the action of it, you know, was that Guy Ritchie feel, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say this, I, I, I don't know who they could have gotten, but I think they could have gotten someone different and better than Guy Ritchie, in my opinion. Yeah. To uh, someone that had more musical uh, directing experience uh, background. Yeah. Yeah. The, the action was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the opening was too jarring for me. And that, and, I just, and I was already going in like, man, what are we going to get? What is this going to be? And it didn't help me to settle. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to still settle into what they were trying to do. So, yeah, that, that, that was, that's why I couldn't settle. It was how they started that. You talking about uh, what is it? One jump ahead. Listening to yeah. One Jump Ahead, it made me think. Like the first thing I thought of is them singing this part makes this as a remake, as a live action remake, feel very silly. And I thought about this through a, throughout a lot of the movie, where they you know take the dialogue straight from the movie from the previous movie. Some of these con- do some of these remakes work conceptually? Because I was completely, until Aladdin started singing, I was completely prepared for it to just be an elaborate chase scene with the instrumental of One Jump Ahead in the background. And you know where they're like, stop thief and all this stuff, like using the, the, the crowd lyrics as just crowd dialogue i was prepared for yeah. that and then when they just sang the whole thing i was just like i don't know I, I don't think this works really or did you need to put this there but they were they were staying faithful to what the original movie did and here we I are them for that but i think i would have liked what you what you said you felt like it was going to be i i think just with the music behind the action and the crowd lyrics playing off of that, I think that would have made it flow a little bit better, mm-hmm. especially helping the uh, Assad get through that stuff. Yeah, he didn't need because to sing. The only time I enjoyed his singing was uh, A Whole New World, and it's still his part of that was not, still wasn't good for me. But in, in respect, in the animated version, uh, Aladdin singing that, that, cor- that song with Jasmine Jasmine was still a better singer in that too. I, would I, say I agree it. with you. I, th- I think the beginning of that would have uh, been better without him singing and just have the music in the background. I would say they're about equal in a whole new world, but agree to disagree. Meeting Jasmine right off the bat, how did you feel about that? I didn't like it. It didn't set up why Jasmine was in in the city. Mm-hmm. Sure, they they expound on that later, but. Like I said a moment ago, I didn't get a chance to know the characters individually before they knew themselves mm-hmm. or knew each other. Yeah. And, you know, seeing why she would sneak out of the palace to, to go into the market, to intermingle with uh, the, uh, the common folk. Then they accidentally running into each other because she gave kids, you know, food to eat, you know, being the, the good-hearted person she is. While they did play on that in this... I feel like them forcing Aladdin's first big run run in with the law with this run in and everything and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, how they played it out later resolved it, but it didn't resolve it fully for me. 
I wasn't expecting them to meet so soon, but I was like, oh, she's already in the market. Okay, here we go. Her being part of the chase was interesting. Um, I guess it was used for them to form a little bit of chemistry before they actually fell in love or whatever. I do, I do oh. kind of miss their uh, their con- the conversation that they have about their lives in Aladdin's house. If I remember correctly, they did they did kind of expound on that in in the live version, right? A little bit. Yeah, not as not as much as they did in the animated. During the chase scene, one thing I liked about the animated version rather than what they did here, it kind of plays against what they did with Jasmine's character in the live version was when she was trying to get across the rooftops. And mm-hmm. the animated version, I liked it more because it showed her more of a strong-spirited person where she took the leap herself when Aladdin let down the plank. And this one, it showed her fear. And it, sh- it showed her doubt in herself rather than what the later part of the ver- of this film, she knew she was strong enough to leave the city and be sultan. In her defense, in the animated version... Before Jasmine had to jump over that, had to jump over that uh, clearing, she had just gotten over the palace wall. We didn't see that from this Jasmine, and we see a lot more stronger moments from her later on in the film. So I can I can forgive that. Okay. Let's move forward a little bit. Uh, let's get to uh, Jafar, so we can talk a little bit glowingly about the movie, even though we both don't like Jafar. I like that. The Sultan was a lot fiercer and less bumbling in this. Because when he says, Jafar, know your place, I was like, oh, okay, this Sultan's got a little bit of bass in his voice. Yeah. Whereas Jafar didn't. I will say with the Sultan, I loved his take more in the live version. The animated, he was just that bumbling side character. Yeah. Playing with his toys. Yeah. And, oh, look at the carpet uh, kind of stuff. But this one, he was more of a Sultan, more of a... Um, that that dominance figure that you need as a ruler. Yeah, and then when he's with Jasmine, he seems more fatherly. Yes. Like, he seems yes. like an old father, and I appreciated that. That was a great yeah. turn for the Sultan. Yeah, I I agree. He had more to do in this film than he did in the live version, mm-hmm. and, or the uh, anime version. He actually had, so I, I think he had about the same amount of scenes, it's just he made a bigger impact in this one than the Sultan yeah. did in that one. He had more presence, yeah. But Jafar. Jafar is pretty much my biggest issue with the film, except for uh, Prince Anders. But he's about to get he's about to get his own smoke in a minute. Jafar, he was just he was very underwhelming, and even when he gained all his power, he didn't even pun. Where were the puns? In I know, the, at the end, that, that, I wanted that stuff so bad. If that was the only stuff they took from the animated version. Mm-hmm. Give me that kind of Jafar. I never felt threatened. He became more menacing at the end, but he didn't earn it. Yeah. You know? I, I think that once he got the lamp, he's like that guy who is who's always talking shit but can't do anything. But like if that guy showed up and was like swole and he was talking shit, it's like, oh, he can actually fuck somebody up now. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, now that I think about it, I do appreciate that Jafar seemed more about the hustle than he was about being, uh, you know, more mustache twisting of a villain. Because he straight up, he took the lamp from Aladdin himself. Like, he met yeah. him in an alley and was like, hey, this is mine now, and bounced. 
I do appreciate the hustle that was Jafar. I, I agree with that. Especially, yeah, when he when he took the lap of itself. That was that was honestly one of my favorite scenes. Just how they played with him pickpocketing the pickpocketer. Yeah, that was, uh, a, and they set that up. They set it up that he was a former thief himself. Because when they were talking yeah. about the Cave of Wonders, and it was a good scene. However, it was well shot. You want to know why I feel like part of Jafar didn't work? Why? Because I actually hated Iago in this film. Really. In, in this film, he only felt like he was one type of character. When you look at the animated version, Iago plays two types of characters. He plays the dumb parrot when everybody is around. Then he plays just the, as menacing as Jafar. He becomes more uh, intelligent. I didn't feel like Iago was Iago in this film, and he felt neutered. And in the animated version, Iago, his puns... And his stuff, it gave you that comedy that you wanted also while being menacing and deceiving. I, ne- I, I kept waiting for that Iago in this film, and I never got it. Nothing against Alan Tudyk, one of my favorite voice actors and probably actors. But I think they should have used his brilliance, his comedy, and the way he could spin riffs and stuff into full-out Iago. See, I think that's where uh, I mean, I I enjoyed Iago a little bit because he was he was kind of creepy, but I think the change in Jafar also needs a change in Iago, because Iago was the balance. Like they had to balance each other out. They both couldn't be sinister, because uh, Jafar was you know sinister and Iago was you know smarmy and sarcastic. But Iago also helped develop the plans. True. By- when the idea of marrying the princess, that was Iago's plan. Yeah. That's what I missed. I missed that playing off of each other thing that he and Jafar had. Okay, I see that. And I think it would enhance Jafar's character a lot more if they would have allowed Iago to be what Iago was. Yeah. I think that uh, Jafar was smarter than, a little bit smarter, probably because of the hustle than Jafar in uh, in the animated version. So he didn't yeah. need, you know, Iago to come up with ideas. And plus the idea of marrying Jasmine didn't really come up. I, I think it came up as kind of like an offhand comment. He introduced it to kind of blackmail Jasmine because I think he was about to kill the Sultan and Dahlia. And Jasmine's like, if, you, if I marry you, will you let them live, basically? Yeah. Whereas in the animated version... Marrying Jasmine was a play for the throne. Yeah. Let's get to the other elephant in the room. And really, probably the where this movie lives and dies on is the genie. Thank you, Will Smith. Buckle up. <laughs> um, I enjoyed... I, I was right. I'll call it. I was right. Uh, this right. movie was Will Smith as Hitch with magic powers. Or that's what the so genie well. was. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my one of my biggest gripes. But they resolved it in a different way. So when they initially got out of the cave, he's like, all right, I wish you to get me out of the cave. And I was like, no! <laughs> no! You were supposed to swindle the genie! You were supposed to be that! And then they were like, I never had the laugh. I'm like, okay, I guess it's fine. That was funny how they but, checked the tape. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was like, Carla, my, my girlfriend was sitting next to me. I was like, oh! She goes, what? I'm like, oh, nothing. And then you explained it to her later. Or she'll listen to this and be like, oh, that's what you were mad about. Yeah, but I, I nearly 
Okay. They, they resolved it. It's fine. I was I got over it. But overall, the the friend like me was fine. Mm-hmm. When they do when they start going into the rap hip hop beatbox stuff, that's where I felt like it wasn't playing with the 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 setting of this film. I always thought that is how Will Smith was going to stay out of Robin Williams' lane because Robin Williams' genie was a comedian slash showman. Will Smith's genie, you know, had the hip-hop uh, flair, which Will Smith himself said that there aren't many hip-hop characters in Disney movies. So that was his opportunity to bring something that Robin Williams didn't and probably couldn't bring. And, and you're right, yeah, and he's right. Uh, it just... And it's fine. It, it didn't break the movie for me. Honestly, I think I think once I watch it a, a one or two more times, I'll find a better feel for it. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes into you know the downside of having these these adaptations, live action remakes, or anything nostalgic is because something's so iconic to you. When you get something a little bit different, when it varies off a little bit, most times it's not. It doesn't work right off the bat. Yeah. However, it's like like for me, like when um when one of my favorite artists comes out with a new album, there's times where I can't get into it because I'm so into what they've done already. Mm-hmm. It takes me a while to enjoy what they've done with this album, with their yeah. new album. Yeah. Same thing with this. It may take me a while to enjoy the music fully or the version of this fully. And I know it's not just you. That's pretty much the entire world's possible hang up with this movie. I do like, and I told you and I told you and Heather about this that there was a, a Fresh Prince reference towards the end of A Friend Like Me. They do the Carlton a little bit, like it's it's a uh, little bit blinking, you'll miss it. Like they do it a I, little bit, and I was like, oh, they did the thing, <laughs> and it was I great. Because I did, I, I got another movie. I was like, before you said there was a there was a callback to Fresh Prince. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there are actually two. I looked it up, and there was another one uh, when he uh, the guy, the prince that he conjures when he says uh, when he talks about the gray area, he's wearing purple and green, like he's wearing the Fresh Prince colors. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, when they when they were sitting there, and he was talking about Jasmine and everything, and the way Will Smith was sitting or the genie was sitting down listening. You know how the, the feet kicked up and yeah. his hands and his head, head in his hands and all that. That was just adorable. And I loved it. That's where I really fell in love with the movie and where they were going. Yeah. And his take of going through the different Prince outfits and everything. While it reminisced so much of what Robin Williams did with that uh, with that moment, mm-hmm. it felt fresh. Uh, and it felt different, but good. I really liked it. It felt genuine. Uh, yes, it did. Especially the now, conversation that they were having, like that you were talking about when they were talking about the princess. It felt super genuine. I I do wish they would have done one thing that they kept from the animated version with this, and that's when Jeannie was going through a boob, what it was going to be, mm-hmm. before they settled in on the elephant. And he just kept going through all these different things, you know, the, the car, the ostrich, and uh, all these different versions. And he goes, oh, I got it. I wish they would have kept that because that would have been comedic. It would have, and they didn't have, they wouldn't have had to go through the full thing, but a little bit more expounding on that, just to give a little bit more callback to the original source. Yeah, I mean CGI is expensive, so I understand why they didn't do yeah. that. But I see what you're saying, also. 
Well, we're talking about Disney here. Yeah. We're fine. Back up that money chat. That's another five million. <laughs> That's another five million dollars on uh on CGI. And and the parade. I really enjoyed the parade. I um, did too. I, was, I liked it I was a lot. Curious, I was curious on how they were gonna pull off the the different characters the genie mate uh, did. Uh huh. And I'm glad they stuck it with him up there with the girls in the uh in the balcony. That's really all uh, they did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that's the one thing that they decided to stick with. Mm-hmm. The music and the trailer, the clip that they showed with that, I was scared. I was like, it feels really flat. Like, the music itself was fine. Will Smith singing it felt really flat to me. And I was like, man, is this showing that he's kind of out of touch with singing? I mean, Will Smith Something. has never really been a singer. True. It wasn't the best. I mean, it there was a little bit of auto tune, but I think it's an improvement over Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I agree. But watching it in the full context of what they were doing, I was fine with it. I actually really enjoyed that whole scene going into into the city. It really played. I'm glad they kept with the the chorus aspect of the of the song, mm-hmm. especially playing when he started throwing the gold into the crowd. And he's generous, so generous. Yeah, and, something that I didn't know I was thinking about, but when when they changed the lyric, um, instead of saying he ha- he's got slaves, he's got service and flunkies, they change it to he's got thousands of servants and flunkies. Or yeah. I think it's he's got 10,000 servants and flunkies. I'm like, I didn't know I needed that line changed. But it totally works because saying he's got it slaves works. is a problem in 2019. And honestly, I didn't catch that until you said something uh, when we were talking back and forth. You, you said that and I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't even catch it. It flowed really well. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they changed it. It fits. Some of the lyrics that was different in this was different in in the Broadway version. So it may have been changed already and they just kept it for this. But yeah. you mentioned um, the parade into the city. Let's talk about Agrabah itself. Except for I wasn't feeling the Cave of Wonders really. But yeah, was, <clears throat> they were was, clearly yeah. on a soundstage somewhere. But, uh, Not really, but the rest of Agrabah looks great. And just a bit of trivia, the production set designs were designed by Gemma Jackson, who did the production design for Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. And this, like, the costumes look great. The the oh, palace yeah. and everything looks great. I mean, the palace looks, looks kind of small. Like, the rooms that they were in, they looked not as lavish as they could have been. They didn't look as, um, like, deep as say the ballroom from beauty and the beast did you know i i was happy with the way agarball came out Mm -hmm. it looked vibrant it looked like it like a diamond in the rough i mean it looked in this barren wasteland of a desert Mm -hmm. it looked vibrant full of life and one thing i did like about this that you if i remember correctly you never see in the animated version is how they are a port city that's a change. And I did like that because then it plays into the fish market in the animated version. Yeah. It explains that. <laughs> Where y'all getting fish got, from in the even desert? Even as a kid, I was like, but they're in the desert. Where do they get the fish? <laughs> Where y'all get them fish from? But uh, but I, I liked seeing the ships on the side and, and coming into the port with the city right there in the, in the foreground. It was it was really beautiful, mm-hmm. and I applaud them for that. That, that was wonderful. I think that uh, this may, depending on what else comes out between now and 
you know the end of the year i think i think this may be a decent nomination for set design and costume design at the oscars i yeah i agree with the the costume design and everything it kind of made me feel like i did when i was watching black panther for the first time yeah and i mean just how vibrant and stuff how, how vibrant that world was you know seeing that here just brought it all back i'm like yeah disney's really doing it i mean they're really putting the money where it really does need to go into making you feel like you're there yeah um it, it was just absolutely gorgeous everybody had you know lavish costumes and everything ja- they had some jasmine and some stuff oh she was so gorgeous mm-hmm. man Speaking of Jasmine, and I'll put a disclaimer here right now that both Tim and I are straight males about to talk about a powerful female character, so please forgive us if we are off the mark at any point. I love Jasmine's uh, role, her, the the change to her character in this, how she, you know, wanted to be Sultan and, uh, you know, wanted to, had, had been training and wanted to make changes to things. It was kind of reminiscent of the book Whole New World, which is one of the Twisted yeah. Tales series, where Jasmine is basically a political figure and starts a revolution against Jafar when he takes power and kills the Sultan. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, I like, and the her song Speechless really highlights this that she is you know it's a very women in power stance that she has and i mean it it was well executed i liked it a lot i 100 percent agree with you because what they did with jasmine's character in this film was perfect they they gave her that power it wasn't i just want to marry for love they gave her the the strength of saying hey look this is what i know can happen this is how we should lead. This mm-hmm. is how I don't need to be married off to a prince to run Agrabah. This, these are my people, and just just seeing that that take on on Jasmine was absolutely wonderful. I preferred this version over the animated version, and we'll we'll get into this when we get towards the end of the, the movie. But what they did in the end was just perfect for this character, and I didn't know I needed this version of of jasmine yeah until you gave it how did you feel about the uh, the genie the b story basically the romance between the genie and dahlia i mean you kind of alluded to a little bit of it at the beginning but i mean to start i was kind of like uh do we need i mean it's kind of predictable for the handmaiden to fall in love with the genie but i think it was executed well it was, i think it was executed as uh, executed well as two but I actually found it adorable because, well, one, you never had you never had a handmaiden in the animated version, and and having Dahlia there, being goofy, really played into the genie as well. You have these two characters here, Aladdin and Jasmine, having the side characters nudging them along to fall in love, I guess you can say, or give each other a chance, while they're wanting to give each other a chance as well. Mm-hmm. When uh, Jeannie comes to ask Dahlia for a stroll around the city, that was just too adorable for me. I enjoyed seeing that. I mean, you see that trope in other movies, but seeing it played out that way, it was was really wonderful. I, I enjoyed it. It made Dahlia seem like a real... Like, she was probably one of the more relatable characters because of her... Her reactions to the genie at the door 
where he would say something and she would close the door and then react and then open the door again that was yeah. one that was hilarious um the sass that she would give uh jasmine when jasmine was like hey you're the princess pretend to be the princess and dahlia would miss a beat and then she would catch up and my question was like how is aladdin not seeing all this like aladdin is a dumber character because he's not he's not catching on to this i'm glad they included her she was a great addition well it really played more into jasmine's character too because it showed that jasmine wasn't about power Mm -hmm. because of how she treated dahlia you know they were more like sisters yeah or best friends a princess and a handmaiden mm-hmm. uh, or a serpent, I guess you could say too, but having her as that addition really played more into who Jasmine really was. Seeing her and Jeannie end up together and living that life, that's why I, I think it played well for me, even though I knew it was coming. Seeing that reveal at the end, and uh, I, I'm glad they added that. Speaking of things that they added, probably my biggest what the fuck moments was Prince Anders. And this was a this was a legitimate outcry when it was announced that the, I don't even know the actor's name when they said he was going to be a prince a, a new character that they added, and he's just kind of like he's just a pretty white boy prince, and I'm like, why in the movie I'm just like, okay he's the guy he's he basically takes place of Prince Ahmed in the beginning yeah. the prince who gets his you know his ass bitten off by uh, mm-hmm. Raja. I'm like, okay, he takes place of that guy. And he just needed to be in that one scene. And then they bring him back for no reason. I'm like, why are you here? And I absolutely hated adding him into this film. Like he was pointless. It, it was horrible. Now, I think they should have kept with the original version. Um, and I'll take it back even just a little bit when they're going through the city and Aladdin saves the two kids in the in the animated version, it's the prince that tells him, uh, you're, you're a street rat. Yeah, it, there was no I provocation. See that. It plays more into what happens later. In both versions, I think it would play more. I did not like this, what, what would you call, Austrian-German-type prince coming in. Yeah. And, and it just felt out of place. It felt forced. Uh, I didn't need him in this world. I think I I think I hated him more than I hated Jafar because I mean Jafar was necessary. This guy was like what no, just yeah. I don't I don't know and, who okayed this, but that person needs to lose their job for not being like no, this is not okay. This is not honestly, okay. I think I would have liked it just a little bit if they would have showed Raja fighting his ass off. Yeah. It yeah I, I I hated it, and then I hated it when he showed up in the party scene which other than that i really like the party scene yo the dance scenes at the party they were so good because they were very well choreographed yeah that was good i've seen a couple of bollywood films and those are really my favorite parts because the like the bollywood dance style it's so it's so interesting to watch it's so precise and they i think they nailed it in this um backtracking a little bit a joke that i loved is the scene where they first they're in the in front of the sultan in the palace and he's prince ali is you know bumbling all over the place and they're talking about jams oh my god <laughs> i love the jam scene 
It was so awkward. Oh my so gosh. Good. And then Janie says, he's never been so embarrassed. Oh my gosh, that was a great scene. Yeah, that and, and how, but how they also played on that throughout the rest of the film, you know, here and there. I think we all could relate to any of those situations to where we're the awkward ones talking. We can't get out of it. Yeah, it was, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Aladdin strikes out at the party because he kind of shows off a little bit. I wonder how much of that was Mena Masood dancing or I bet some of it might have been a dance double but either way it was good and then he yeah. gets up to the princess's room again he spends a lot of time in her room like he's just chilling and then a whole new world happens i think this is probably one of the better parts of the movie because i mean some things you gotta nail you gotta nail the look of the characters you gotta nail the genie you gotta nail a whole new world and i think this yeah. is it's, it was passable I think I think I, I accept it. Yeah, it it was passable, uh, and I actually I mean I did enjoy a whole new world. The song itself was really beautifully done. I I'm glad they kept more with the traditional version of that than revamping it in any way because that's one of the most iconic Disney songs out there. Yeah, so much so that people still use it today for weddings and 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 whatnot. But one thing I wish they would have done in a whole new world is show the world because the whole thing about jasmine is she's been cooped up in the in the palace Mm -hmm. all her life since her mother died which side note i'm glad they dove more into why her dad was so scared of losing jasmine or why he kept her confined in the palace yeah um about her mom being being killed in, in the city but a whole new world I wanted her to see more of the world. That was her whole thing of being trapped and not not feeling like she can she has the ability to do anything without someone else's approval or support. Yeah. At first I was like, Man, they didn't end up at, in China watching the parade and the fireworks but I'm glad that they ended up back in the city with her seeing the people and then her expounding on what's important to her why the people of Agrabah are important to her and what she wants to do to help the people in her city and yeah. how she's supposed to be a servant not just the sultan yeah I, I, that and, was that was a very good character beat for her that she was about the city she was more about the city than about the power which yes. Jafar wasn't about the city he was all about the power because he's yeah. you know been second best his whole life which was a trigger for him I think I like that it became a trigger for him later I, I do like your your wanting them to see more of the world I would have just been fine if they had flown by Pride Rock as an yeah. easter egg <laughs> yeah that would have been good yeah and yeah. On, a, on a musical topic uh, I like that it, it wasn't as sweeping the instrumental wasn't as sweeping as the as the original is and it was kind of more a little bit more subdued but it yeah. rose when it needed to and this was the, yeah I agree this was the moment where you were like okay Mena Masood's passable as a singer, but he's not as good as Naomi Scott because it, no, was, it was it was a it was very noticeable. <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah, she's obvious. Got some pipes, man. Yeah, yeah, she's got some pipes. I think I'm gonna go listen to her EP later on. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to get the soundtrack. Shoot, what happens next? Well, they get back. They have the the iconic carpet pushing Aladdin up with the the, the first kiss. 
Yeah. And, but then the, the addition of them going back and forth in their separate rooms talking to their counterparts. That was a good scene. I I like that addition because you never you never really got that in the in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing their their hearts flutter and their minds going crazy and their hearts like beating fast and just talking it through, not knowing what's next and this whole new world is opening up for them. Okay, uh, let's run it back a minute. Speaking of hearts fluttering, there are a lot of moments. And we'll talk about it with Drunk Disney. There's a lot of moments, like, there are a lot of O faces going on. And I was just like, both of these people are very attractive. And I think both of these people realize, hey, this person is very attractive. There are a lot of open mouth staring at characters. (laughs) I'm trying to be kind of, kind of PG, not PG. I'm trying to be a little bit PG-13 with this. You guys know what I, you and Heather know what I said earlier. But... There are a lot of, you know, Google eyes being made uh, during this movie, whether it's Aladdin and Jasmine or Jeannie and Dahlia or any of the brothel girls with Aladdin. I was just like, yo, cold showers for everybody. It was like that in the animated version, too. I mean, not as much as this. Mostly on. It was mostly on Aladdin's part. And Jasmine was like, yeah, I know you're looking at me. Like, when uh, he dropped her off after A Whole New World, there was that lingering gaze from from Jasmine. And she's like, yeah, I got you. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yo, calm down. Well, if you were in Aladdin shoes. Yeah, I mean. You would have been gotten too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Mama Masood will get you hot and bothered too. I mean, that man is very attractive. But yeah, they get back. They uh, talk about their. Uh, they talk about a whole new world with their significant others, and then the next day, um, Aladdin gets he gets dropped off the side of the palace, in the water. Same beat as the original. Um, Genie saves him. Jafar gets caught, and they skip the beat where uh, Aladdin is made sultan. And I think it's a wise move because I mean, then they go and make. Jasmine Sultan at the end of the movie, which is a much yeah, better I, beat. I like how this played out more. You know, you still saw the, the the argument between Aladdin and Genie, which is what you needed. But you also saw the struggle of him already doubting, man, how long can I keep this up? Mm-hmm. You know, I still like the animated version, but I love the different take they took with this. I also like how um, Genie mentions it at the beginning. There's the hint of Aladdin's self-doubt. But there's also, Jeannie mentions the draw of power and how kind of the addiction to the power that the lamp gives you becomes your downfall. And he mentions it again that, you know, power corrupts and him being a prince and not being himself is going to it is going to be his downfall. And of course it happens because it's Aladdin and it happens to Jafar, too. This is the part where I fell more in love with Will Smith's take on the genie how much he became human in that moment saying look I've been around for thousands of years I've seen men just fall to the power of these three wishes and it's never enough and it kind of gives more weight to um, he said the rule no wishing for more wishes he says he doesn't he not only says that he says three is enough trust me and it kind of gives more weight to that statement because like you said he's been around for a while and 
wishes people get addicted to the power of wishes this is where i was like yeah i really enjoy how will smith is playing this role right here you know as much as i love the campiness of what williams did this one felt more human more friend-like because Mm -hmm. it was giving that that harsh advice that your true friends are going to give you in times of uh of, of struggle and it's at this point that you know jafar steals the lamp Starts taking over Agrabah. I don't think he's saying. It was it was kind of more like verse. Assad's version. It was kind of more of a talk. Or wait, no, no, he didn't sing because in the animated version, that was this was the only time Jafar sang. Yeah, was at the end when he got started getting the lamp and everything. He never sang in this one. I mean, that's right. fine. At this point, I didn't care. I just he it, it was Jafar. Yeah, at this point, he sends Aladdin to the ends of the earth, like usual. Genie sends, which makes more sense than the animated version, Genie sends Carpet. He uses his magic to send Carpet wherever Aladdin was just sent. And that makes a lot more sense. What doesn't make sense is Aladdin using his parkour skills to perfection on an ice wall. Yeah. That you lost me with, you missed me with that one. I get that you gotta save Abu, but come on. Ice is yeah. not the same as an Arabian building. It just isn't. This version felt more realistic than the animated version did. So we get back to Agrabah. Uh, Aladdin flies back to Agrabah. Um, kind of similar stuff happens. Aladdin, uh, sorry, Jasmine has her moment with... Um, what is his name? Hakeem. Hakeem. He's pretty much an original character. He's the... King's Guard, basically, he's the leader of the King's Guard. Yeah. Game of Thrones reference, uh, and he is loyal to the Sultan, whoever the Sultan is. He's kind of like the Agrabah's version of Okoye from Black yeah. Panther. Yeah. She she's loyal to whoever sits on the throne, and she doesn't care who's sitting on it. But at th- it's at this point where Jasmine calls him out and says, "Hey, you're an honorable man. Are you going to sit by while this bullshit happens?" And he's like, you're right. And he, this is when Speechless Part 2 happens. It kind of took me out at the very moment, at that very moment. Because I'm like, what's Jasmine going to do? And then later on, I realized, oh, this is her turning point of, hold on, I'm a bad bitch. And I'm taking control of this situation. So I kind of feel better about uh, what they were doing in uh, that situation. It wasn't my favorite, but I understand completely what they were trying to do do yeah i agree the song right there did take me out a bit but it was fine i mean it it didn't hinder me from like uh, this moment yeah it was just like uh okay okay it's fine i think i was i was semi okay with how this ending was i still kind of would have liked to see how they would have done aladdin coming in and jafar turning into a, into a giant snake and oh all that yeah stuff. you wanted you I wanted the boss fight yeah, I wanted that. Yeah. But I was, I was fine with, with this. It was it was okay. Again, you go back to CGI budget. So yeah, CGI is expensive. It. I say CGI is expensive. Would you have rather had the snake fight or the Iago chase, which is what we did get? Because that thing was hideous. It really was hideous. It was very big. Um, I'm okay with the Iago chase. I'll give it to Iago because God knows they shit on that got character all movie at least they they gave him this so i would have rather had this than 
know Iago at all. In this fight is another reference to, I don't think it's a reference to the book, but it reminds me of the book. During the, the, uh, the chase, Carpet gets basically destroyed. That's something that happens in the book. They capture Carpet and then they cut the Carpet up and use his magic to allow Jafar's, uh, his soldiers basically to fly. So when I saw the carpet being, you know, ripped and shredded, I was like, oh, no. But I like that, of course, the genie restored him at the end of the movie, because why not? Yeah, I like that. They tore him up and everything. This is one thing I didn't like about Jafar at the end is he became a powerful sorcerer, but it really wasn't enough for me to feel like it was all a powerful sorcerer. In the animated version, he's the one that, that basically kills carpet by... Uh, unraveling him yeah um kills him with puns that's what it is <laughs> but in the, i mean i like this version of seeing carpet ripped up it, it it i felt more more heartbroken over carpet i guess being done that way because mm-hmm. it was kind of brutal but i still i think i still needed to see jafar using more sorcery mm-hmm. than than what he really did which felt like just the same repetitive thing over and over. Yeah, he did um, do that that death grip. That it looked like a death grip on um, the Sultan and Dahlia. Yeah, I thought that I thought the Sultan was gonna die from like stress because he he looked pretty old. He looked older yeah. than the than what he did before he got dethroned. Yeah, you know, and even after the battle, the Sultan was still trying to recover and. You know, I was like, man, he's about to kill over right now. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the hourglass thing, I did like that that take of, well, we can't do the hourglass, but we'll do this. Yeah. And where he had the death grip on on all three of them at the same time, mm-hmm. given that given a lot that that choice of what he should do, that was fine for me. I am glad that they kept with Aladdin being that swindling, pickpocketing thief and doing the whole. You'll you'll always still be second best. That's his. That's just him playing on his trigger. That's because yeah. he he knows how much Jafar hates being you know referred to as second. However, I didn't like the genie already figuring it out. I think he figured it out because he he might have used words that the genie actually used to explain his predicament to Aladdin. Yeah, and that, it was fine. I mean, I'm okay with it, but. If you're sitting there and you're, you've never seen the original source material, whatever, or didn't know the story going into it, and you're in the theater experiencing this for the first time, if you're not seeing what the genie's facial experience, uh, expressions are, you're not going to figure it out until it the deed happens, which I think would have been a, you know, especially, okay, I say, well, if you've never seen the original, but you got little kids now that this is their version of Aladdin. Yeah. Um, that they're going to see first before they see the the animated version. That's their Darth Vader, I'm your father moment. And, uh, I don't think it's that big. Well, at that age, it is. Okay. But I'm glad they kept with Jafar wishing to be a genie, uh, to have all the cosmic power and everything with the itty-bitty living space. Yeah. And he brings back the gray area on Make Me a Genie. Yeah. And he took Iago with him. And that's how you set up the sequel. Do you think they'll do a sequel to this? Oh, no. I th- I just think it'd be an interesting idea. Because you... Yeah. In my head, I have it written. 
kind of do it the same as Return of Jafar. Just do some of the story stuff better. Like, take out Aladdin lying to Jasmine again. And I say, yeah. uh, maybe have... Make it more about Jasmine, maybe. Because Jasmine is the new ruler, and maybe she's not doing a good job or something. And, you know, the people are revolting. Taking more stuff from the book where there's, you know, civil unrest. And kind of roll with... Uh, Jasmine's father saying you've you've trained for this you can do this and kind of develop the um the relationship between Jasmine and her father and since something that they don't do in the that they don't you know bring up in this is uh Aladdin's relationship with his parents that are that aren't around you can have the sultan be a father figure to Aladdin as well just in time for him to die at the end. I'm, if, if I was doing it, I'm killing the Sultan at the end of the second movie. And that would set up the third movie where Aladdin's father actually comes back. Yeah, I need to rewatch that one. I remember liking it when I, when I saw it years and years ago, but it's been a while. So I need to revisit though. I, I know I like Return of Jafar, and I remember liking King of Thieves. Unpopular Opinion. Return of Jafar, notwithstanding, like how how you know it's it's not the best, but I think the Aladdin sequels are probably the strongest Disney sequels not made by Pixar. You know, I think I would want a sequel to the live version and redo it the way you use uh, you pitched it, because I mean the 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 setup there is is pretty strong to have Jafar come back as that cosmic powerful force and genie is no longer i don't know if he's still magical in this version that they did at the end but if he's not how do you stop how do you uh, stop jafar genie you know so i would i would like i kind of would like to see that even if it's a even if it's just a disney plus release movie yeah uh i'd like to see what they do past this point and speaking of the end I had tears. I loved the moment Aladdin set Genie free. I felt it more in this adaptation. For me, it was a, just a beautiful moment, and it was well-earned. You saw them develop more than just a master and, and servant to best friends. I'm glad that they gave us that little dance number at the end so I could dry up my tears. But yeah, it was it was be- it was a beautiful moment. I'm, I'm glad they gave that to us. I think they achieved that by making Genie more human because that hug at the end. I mean, they turned down the Genie's zaniness was turned down a whole lot, and that yeah. includes at the end when he's like, "Hey, ask me to do something," and he says his Genie's response is, "Get it yourself," and like the the hug, it's it, it's a softer moment. Yeah. And I think that's because they humanized Genie with Will Smith turning it turning it down a little bit and the addition of the Dahlia subplot. Uh I think it I think that makes it work a I think that's what makes it work a little bit better. Yeah. And I you know, to kind of go back to playing on things, he said tell me to give me something, he said, Jams. Give me some jams. <laughs> Get me some like, jams. Oh, Oh man, I gotta get I gotta work that into daily usage now. Can you give me some jams? <laughs> um, and you know, speaking of endings, uh, that 
he tells Jasmine, you deserve to be Sultan. You've, you've proven, I've seen, I've seen who you are now. Mm-hmm. And I've spent so much time only seeing you as my do- as my little girl that I forgot to see you grow into the woman that you are today. That's why I really love the take on what they did with Jasmine in this film. It wasn't about who she should marry, like in the old Disney tropes that they do, but it was you have every characteristic to lead, to be Sultan. Mm-hmm. No matter what the law or culture is, you're the rightful person for this position and it doesn't have to be a man i think they downplayed the marriage subplot a lot in this because in in the animated version jasmine getting married it's kind of like the ticking the ticking clock that's moving very slowly because because the sultan says you got to get married to a prince by your next birthday and in this it's really an afterthought because i mean jasmine is made sultan and Sultan says, hey, you can change the law to marry Aladdin if you want to. I mean, of course she chooses Aladdin because duh. But she could have been like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to stay me. And I mean, it would have been, you know, it would have been warranted in the movie, I think. I'm glad the whole marriage thing was barely yeah. even mentioned throughout the stuff. Yeah, we weren't hit over the head with it. Yeah, I like this one better. And uh, so they get married. And we have an ending that's exactly the same as Hitch, but in their defense, uh, Greek storytelling says that a comedy usually ends in a feast, a wedding, or a dance, and we get two of those three things. So I will forgive it. It's it, it's just like Hitch. It yeah. is exactly like the end of Hitch. Well, uh, someone in the screening that I was in said, uh, well... This is like Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) That works too. (laughs) Oh my god, it is just like Shrek. I was like, thanks, that's what I need to get rid of the tears. Yeah, Uh, that'll do it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the little dance thing, it was fine. Um, I don't know if I needed it, but it was fine. It was more of the, it was more Bollywood dancing, which I, I yeah. will always I will never not want more of. That the was talent, very bad grammar. Yeah, the talent for that is just phenomenal. So, I mean, I watched it. Now, I I guess this was just wishful thinking, but I did want the uh, the whole iconic moon turn around. And you see the genie's face laughing. <laughs> gotcha. But there wasn't a place for it. No, I know. It was just me wanting it. So, uh, what we got next from Disney as far as live action output goes is we got Lion King in July, which I know you're excited for. I really am. One is John Favreau, who did uh, the live action Jungle Book, which yeah. is wonderful and just beautiful. So, seeing this, it looks real. It's going to be amazing. I don't care if it's straight up adaptation. Give me it. After Aladdin, Lion King is my second favorite. Man, I, I still think that Jungle Book might be, as far as improving on the original animated movie goes, I think Jungle Book might be the best. I need to go back and rewatch it, because it's been a few years since I've seen it. Yeah, I know I saw and it a be- bunch. Yeah, and well, and because there's been so many different adaptations of the Jungle Book, whether you look at the newest one from Netflix called Mowgli. Yeah. Um, and... 
versions. I feel like I feel like they're all running together. So I need to go. I need to go back and see that again, and ha- and have a fresher take on it because I really just can't remember much of it. Here's what I got for drunk Disney: drink every time there's a song, drink anytime someone makes goo goo eyes at someone, <sighs> drink anytime someone says monkey because they honestly say monkey a lot in this movie, and then drink anytime the genie makes a joke. Yeah, someone's gonna be really drunk. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> Thanks, Tim, for uh, coming and talking about Aladdin. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Um, when you reached out, I was like, "Hey, you want to do this review?" I was like, "Oh yeah, It'd be really fun." Word. You want to come back for Lion King? Yeah, I'll come back for Lion King. All right. You got anything to plug? No, nothing. Nothing to plug right now. If you guys want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at tpowellj03, and you can follow me on Twitter with. Powell underscore Timothy. I post a lot of my workout stuff and my weight loss journey and, and everything on there and try to keep it positive and, and real. So if you want to follow that. Hashtag run Timmy run. We'll, we'll get it there. You can follow Disney Versus on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus. Leave us a five star review and a comment. You can follow us on Twitter at DisneyVS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review and drop us a comment. If you leave us a five-star review and a comment on Facebook or iTunes, uh, we will read it during an episode. You can also follow us on Google Play Music where you can give us... How about five rubs of the lamp? Okay. Hey, Tim, before we sign off, uh, who do you have for the our finals? Beauty and the Beast or The Incredibles? Man, I, I'm going Incredibles. Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie. Incredibles is my favorite Disney, Pixar movie. Incredibles has so much heart and character in that film that it, it's really timeless. Like, I still remember uh, 2004 when that movie came out and how, I mean, it's still fresh in my mind. All right. Well, uh, the finals are coming soon. We got to put our heads together and figure out uh, when we're going to record it. Until then, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next episode. Bye. Chase.